Hi, everybody. Welcome to the NHL playoffs on the third line plug, Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Now, you might be noticing that the intro is a little different for today's episode, and that is because my usual intro would be with my usual co-host, Mr. Tim Jensen, who unfortunately isn't here today. But in his role today is a good friend of ours on Twitter, and I know that he listened to the last episode, so he kind of knows what he's getting himself into. But for those who don't know, you may know him on Twitter. He's formerly at Mel Musco, now at Dorian Musco. Please welcome to the show, Sean Barris Warren and Sean. How's it going? Welcome to the show, man. Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. It's my, my podcast debut here. <laughs> I know, man. That's super excited. Eh? Now, I do get to ask, though, are you nervous at all because this is your first time? Oh, a little bit, but yeah, it's more excited, excited, nervous, all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Sean? Everybody's like this every time we have somebody new on. So it's good, but it is going to be exciting because we do get the chance to talk about the 2022. Eastern and Western Conference Finals, as well as giving our predictions for the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, given that this is your first time on the podcast, Sean, I like to do a little bit of getting to know our guest, usually whether it be a co-host or whatever. Now, everybody on Twitter knows you at Dorian Musco, but given that this is a center's podcast, I got to ask the all-important question. Given that you are on the West Coast, a lot of people may seem to realize that, but how did you become a fan? Of the Ottawa Senators. Oh wow, that's a great, great question. So, <laughs> I started getting into hockey around 2007, um, and I, like, at, like at this time, I barely knew anything. But like, I, I just knew that like our local team was like the Canucks and all that. And then in the second round that year, they were against the Ducks in the playoffs, and that was kind of like the like the very first time that I was watching a bit of hockey, like, just with my family and friends, or whatever. Um, and then obviously the Ducks beat the Canucks that year in the second round, and then they went on to play. In the, they they went on to beat. The Red Wings in the Western Final, and then of course went on to play against the Sens in the Cup Final. So then that's when. So then I remember watching, like watching a little bit of that series. Like I think the very first full hockey game I watched was Game Three of the Cup Finals, the game the Sens won. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, like at that time I was mostly just like hate watching Anaheim because they just took out Vancouver. But then I was like, hey, it's another Canadian team, and they're kind of they're kind of nice, <laughs> and they got some good players. Looks like, and then yeah, I don't know. And then like the next year, like. I, I realized that I enjoyed hockey and I wanted to be like a full-time fan. And I, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to be a little bit different than like, like my sister's a big Canucks fan. I wanted to be, I want, and my dad's actually a Leafs fan, but I wanted to kind of find my own thing. It's fine. Like, you know, be, be unique and kind of have my own favorite team. So yeah, I just kind of latched on to the Sens and then, and then, yeah, from, from there, here, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, even for myself, John, and it's funny because like growing up, obviously I was a Canucks fan group being on the West coast. But the centers are one of those teams. Like I just always kind of had a weird soft spot for them. Maybe because I love their logo. I like, love Mary Hosa. I was one of my favorite players. And you know, what's funny looking back after all these years, I should have known the trouble I was going to get myself into. The first oh, yeah. year Sens fan was when we traded Mary Hosa to Atlanta. Should have known, uh, right? That should have been the red flag right there. Yeah. <laughs> for, first to many departures. Hey, I <laughs> know. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, the Carlson one will be always the one that kills me in the end, but the rest <laughs> of them, we all knew. And even the Carlson one we knew, but it's again, you saw what he brought to the team and you're like, I don't want this to end. I do not want, because we yeah. just came off 2017 and everything. And it's just like, yeah, they're just oh. so soon after that. Yeah. 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 For me, my, my, believe it or not, my very first favorite player was actually Wade Redden. Like that was, that was my guy. And then I was, he was gone pretty soon. Uh, and then Spezza was actually my favorite player all the way up until he got traded. So like, even though they had Spezza and Carlson a couple of those years, Spezza was my guy. And then, and then, yeah, like then, yeah, Carlson after that, but yeah. 
Well, I mean, everybody on Twitter would know that, right? Especially our good friend James <laughs> Wood. And I, I got to say, I oh, love yeah. his interactions on Twitter. That <laughs> yeah, every, every everyone time. does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because sometimes, like, there'll be like like Cody Cece or something. Cody Cece will do something in like an Oilers game, and like someone will tweet about it, and James will tag me. Like he'll just tag me in the replies, and there'll be like like he won't say anything else. He'll just tag me, and there'll be like seven people that like his tweet. <laughs> they, they like his tweet just because they know we're gonna have a fun interaction talking about our guy Cody. But yeah. <laughs> it's amazing eh? after all this time that's just <laughs> the one thing that you'll be re- recognized about on twitter is just the whole interaction with yeah. carlson yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> interaction with carlson interaction with cc all of that <laughs> no i know that i mentioned you <laughs> I, just- I do kind of like how oh okay go ahead, go, go ahead yeah go ahead i was gonna say yeah uh, no i do kind of like how yeah, I like how I've kind of carved out that ni- the niche is like that crazy Carlson fan, right? Like if anyone's saying something about Carlson, it's like I'm going to be in their mentions right away. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But that's like our interactions whenever Andy Sutton gets brought up, though. That's oh, yeah, here we go. Are, that's great. Yeah, are you, so, you're an ex, so you're an expert? <laughs> and it's funny because even doing this podcast, like I've got a chance to talk, chat with like Ian Mendez and Brent mm-hmm. Wallace about that. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome nobody could confirm who that guy really was though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just a random Pittsburgh reporter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. He'll, he'll forever be known as just uh, the expert. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Although yeah. I do going to say, I don't know if you listened to Andy Sutton's episode of spit and chicklets. I'm very disappointed. They didn't bring that up and everybody in the uh, comments, not she was like should have asked him. Oh uh, yeah. 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 No, I, I didn't, I didn't catch that, but yeah, it's like exactly. If you have Sutton, like, you gotta, you gotta ask about that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, like I said a few minutes ago here, Sean, even talking about your Twitter account at Dorian Musco, is that everybody knows you're a big Sens and Eric Carlson fan, but a lot of people would also yeah. know that you're also a big fan of the Mariners and the Chicago Bears. Now, yeah. the Mariners is very obvious given that we're right above them, but how did right. you become a Chicago Bears fan? I've never asked this. Oh, God, so you want, you want this story too? Okay, oh, yes. So, <laughs> all the stories. Um, perfect. Okay, so... So back when I was a kid again, so like around 2008 or 9-ish, so I, I went, like I'd play Madden at like some family friends, like at like family friends' houses. And like, obviously like super fun game and stuff. Um, and then, and then like, yeah, one year for Christmas, like someone got me Madden, like for Christmas as well. Um, and then like, I didn't have a favorite NFL team yet. So like, I was going to try and, fi- I was going to, you know, I was just going to try and find a team. So what I was going to do is I was going to play one game as each team and then kind of see what I like the most um but like um but like Madden sorts it by like in alphabetical order by team name like not so then so like the Bears were literally the, were the first team in the in the alphabetical order so like they were the first team that I played as and then I just kept playing as the Bears over and over again and then I got to pretty much learn the entire roster and then yeah from there they're my team <laughs> literally the randomest way right but yeah that's hilarious man like and you know I, that's yeah. where I love hearing people become fans of the teams that's yeah. a very original one. I've never heard anybody ever say that. Like, oh, like, I know exactly. That'll never, that'll never be topped, right? Yeah, because like most people expect, expect to be like a Seahawks fan, right? But yeah, one hundred percent. But I mean, I know a lot of people out here. The Seahawks definitely are the the team, but you definitely see a lot mm-hmm. of other fans. A lot of Forty Nine er fans. A lot of Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing more Patriots fans over the last several years because of the yeah, because of Brady and the success. Brady, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, Chicago Bears. I rarely if ever see that. I knew one guy in high school who was a Bears fan, and he always gave it to me. Okay, Seahawks fan, and I'm just like, yeah. 
God, yeah, because back when you were in high school, that was like before Seahawks were good, right? Like that was before that era. Yeah. That late, <laughs> late 2000s. It was like right after the Bears went on that Super Bowl run with the Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed I missed out on that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah. So the Bears became my team around then. But like, I didn't really like watch regularly. But then like during like, remember that year the Mitchell had the lockout, like 2012-13. That's when I needed something to watch. So then that's when like, that's when I became more of like a hardcore like fan. But yeah. <laughs> Now, now, given that you just mentioned Madden, I want to get your opinion mm-hmm. on what do you think about the NFL EA series bringing back John Madden as the cover athlete for next year? Yeah, I think that's a yeah. I, I haven't played too much of the recent games, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good choice. Obviously, celebrating celebrating like the history of the game, the history of the sport and stuff. And he was such a legendary broadcaster and coach for so many years. Like, yeah, just paying tribute to him. But yeah, what do you what do you think about it? Pretty good choice, right? I love it. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I think it was the right choice. I think people would have been so pissed if John Madden wasn't on the cover, given. Oh yeah. If they passed over him. Yeah. It's one of these things that, and even Tim and I talked about this, Sean, it's like how many people in the NFL transcends the game. (laughs) If you really think about it, there's not many, maybe Brady. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe Mahomes, maybe Mahomes one day, but that's still a long way. Yeah. Still a long way away from that. John Madden is the guy because he has not only was he a commentator, coach, player, but he has the video game series. That's transcends everything right there. Oh, oh, for sure. And some people like so many young kids, especially they learn the game of football just through playing Madden, right? Like all the different rules and stuff, like players and different teams and things, but yeah. And also, I think he worked. I think Madden worked for like all four different like broadcasting companies. I think he worked for like Fox, CBS, NBC, and ESPN, which is pretty wild. But yeah, ESPN. Did he work for ESPN? I don't think he did. The the big three, I know he did. Monday, maybe Monday. Yeah, maybe Monday Night Football for a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Maybe it's such a long time ago. I can't seem to remember. Yeah. So, Sean, yeah. <laughs> talking about un or non hockey related issues. Let's talk about the playoffs. Now, that third round, I mean, you want to talk about a series or a, a, a third round that really was one of these things where it was just like after the second round had so much hype, so much anticipation, and just kind of was just, eh, the third round lived up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Second, yeah. I feel like especially like, like the playoffs, like, yeah, it was going kind of on a downward trend there. Like first round was super exciting. So many game seven, so many close series. The second round just kind of went by. Yeah. I was pretty mad. But then yeah, the third round definitely brought it back. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Like even though I, I would have liked to see the Oilers and Ab series go like a little bit longer, but at least each of the games are, were pretty intense, right? Back and forth. Yeah. Well, it was a hundred percent. And even for myself, the third round was one of those things where you're like, I mean, you think about it. You had McKinnon versus McDavid on one side, and the other and side, then, yeah, Jostakin versus Vasilevsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Goal, like all-time goalie matchup, and both Russians too. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, like the two best players are pretty much in our generation, but right now, on the other side, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. So let's start talking about this now. Of course, we're a West Bay, West Coast-based podcast. Let's start <laughs> off with the Western Conference. The number one seeded Colorado Avalanche versus the number five seeded Edmonton Oilers. This is the first playoff series between the teams since 1998. Now I had the Avalanche at six. Tim had him at seven. So I gotta ask you, like, who did you have in this series? Uh, I definitely had I definitely had Colorado as well. I, I didn't I didn't no chance did I think it'd be a sweep though. I thought maybe Abs in six. That felt like a safe safe sort of prediction. Yeah. I know. I mean, let's be honest. Did any of us think Colorado would sweep? 
no no way especially because like and like maybe if if the oilers didn't get by the flames so easily like if the oilers got by the flames in like seven maybe it would have thought abs would sweep them but the way the oilers just completely crushed the flames i was like yeah this team's gonna put up like a little bit of a fight right but yeah Oh, definitely. I mean, in that first game, I mean, you want to talk about a game that was absolutely wild because you had the Avalanche going up seven to three at one point, and you're just yeah. like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> okay, we knew Colorado was dominant. We did not think this. And then Edmonton yeah. claws back to make it seven six. And I remember thinking, there's no way. There's no way they're going to come back and win this one. And then they go in at eight six. It was just like, good Lord. Yeah, yeah, no, same. Like when the when the Oilers came back to make that game close, it was sort of like, it was sort of like, okay, like McDavid's gonna will them, like gonna gonna will them to at least like a six game series. He's gonna they're gonna put up a bit of a fight, right? But yeah, it just didn't just didn't end up working out that way. Yeah, no, but I mean, you gotta head to the Colorado because that their depth really came up big in that series. I mean, JT Comfort had two goals, Nashuskin had two goals, Arturi. Lekkinen for the second straight year. <laughs> into the finals. Yeah, the Habs legend, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And even yeah, and, and and speaking of that depth too, like they losing a guy like Kadri, and even and then I guess they lost Gerard in round one too, and they lost their goalie Kemper, and they still and they still like they still dominate them, right? Even without like three pretty big pieces like that, impressive. Very much so. Now mm-hmm. I know that we should talk about the Nazem Kadri injury in the third game, but we'll say this for a minute here because I want to talk about Kale McCarr in Game Four. One goal, four assists for five points on four shots. I the guy is sick. What can you say about him? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is impressive. It's hard for me as as as, he, as the you know the big Carlson fan. It's hard for me to give give other other offensive defensemen too much credit. But yeah, no, he's he's definitely the best thing since Prime Carlson, and maybe dare I say maybe maybe even even beyond that, right? But yeah, well, he's he's fun to watch though. Definitely. Yeah, oh, I love watching him play. <laughs> Same. And, uh, you know what's funny? You're talking about Prime Carlson. Carlson in 2013, before he got injured. This is mm-hmm. what Kale McCarr is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Like, I always feel, yeah, like, as, as good as Carlson became after the injury, I, I always kind of, I've always kind of wondered, like, if, he, if you know, what could have been, right? If he never, if he never got hurt like that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Those fourteen, those fourteen games in 2013 before before he got hurt, and like right right off the the Norris season in 2012, that may have that might have been the best he's ever been. Sadly, but, yeah. I know. <laughs> and then what happened? He gets robbed for the Norris, 82 and 82. Yeah, 20, right in the yeah, heart. 2016. That would have been yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still never the whole Dowdy and the Toronto media and all of that just. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I drew down. He's still one of my like bottom five players in the NHL permanently because of that. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Good Lord. But you Along know, with yeah, Chris Kunitz, Chris Kunitz, Matt Cook, the rest of them. <laughs> just digging that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Digging it way harder. <laughs> but you know, even with those talk about the Avalanche, I mean, you got to <laughs> because McDavid, Drysdale, and Hyman, they really, really did carry this team. And even Drysdale, especially, like, yeah, like, like he, you could tell he wasn't right. Like, well, I, I, I never really, did we ever know what his injury was? Like, what Drysdale's actual injury was? I don't think so. I don't think it ever came out. Yeah. Yeah, it never really came out. You just knew he had something, right? But, yeah, he was he was pretty hobbled there. And like, and, like, in the second round, he fought through it. And then in the third round, I mean, you could tell he was gutting it out. Just didn't, just didn't really happen at the end there. But, yeah, I think he, in the second round, he had 17 points in five games. That's That's insane. It is. Now, let's talk about the Evander hit, Kane hit on Nazem Kadri in game three. Got suspended one game. 
Kadri's looking like he's done for the playoffs, but you know what? I don't blame Evander Kane for Edmonton losing because you know what? They were screwed either way. He could have played yeah. great oh, yeah. and Colorado was going to just roll over them. Yeah, and it's funny because remember, like, um, like I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if you, I mean, you probably followed the athletic. Like, I don't know if you saw the notification or not. Like, after Kane got suspended for the one game, it was like the, like the, the, the headline in the notification is like, yeah, Oilers forward out for the rest of the series. Like, they, they knew, they knew there was no chance. <laughs> I know that's cold. That's cold when even they're just yeah. like, yeah, this series is <laughs> who are we kidding? Yeah, it's like they're both they're both out for series. Kadri's Kadri's out for series. He's injured, and Kane's out for the series because it's going to be over after the Oilers lose one more game. <laughs> oh, good lord! Now the big thing for me coming out of this playoff series is going to be very interesting to see how Edmonton's going to do or what they're going to do in the off season because Mike Smith is forty two. Koskinen just came out today and announced he's going to Switzerland so, for next two years. Yeah, like what are yeah. the Oilers going to do now? Yeah, no idea. I mean, yeah, they they've got to fix the goal. They got to fix the goaltending situation for sure. I mean, like they have they have the Skinner kid, right? But I think he's more of like a third goalie. And Smith, like, yeah, at his age, like, yeah, he's under contract. But I think he's probably just a backup next year. So they've got to find a starter. But like, with with what resources, right? Because they're they're pretty pressed against the cap. Like, like I don't think they'll be able to make a run at like Kemper and Kemper or Huso because those are sort of the only two and Campbell, I guess, right? So those are like the free agent options. Maybe they had to trade for somebody, but then, like, what do they have to trade, right? But Exactly. Yeah. But even you look yeah. at some of the goalies that you can trade for, it's very thin on who you can go after. Mm-hmm. They maybe go mm-hmm. after, say, a Matt Murray if he's healthy. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to move. I'd love to move that. <laughs> or, yeah, like, yeah, I guess it's Matt Murray, John Gibson. Who else is sort of out? That's sort of it, right? The guys that are out there. Pretty much so. I mean, and I know that there's been rumblings that – maybe Toronto goes after Matt Murray. Mm-hmm, I heard about that. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. He's 6.25. Yeah. They're pushed up against the cab. Yeah. We probably have to retain or like take back Mrazic or both to, for that to work for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the last note I want to make here, doesn't actually have to do with the series. Now I mentioned spit and chicklets a few minutes ago here, Sean, <laughs> and I got to mention about, Ryan Whitney, the co-host of Spit and Chicklets. Now, as everybody knows, Spit and Ch- the guys from Spit and Chicklets were out in Edmonton for games three and four because Paul Bizonette works for TNT, who were covering the series. Right. So R.A. and Ryan Whitney and all those guys flew out to Edmonton. And Ryan Whitney, who lives in Boston. So he's flying from Edmonton to Toronto, Toronto to Boston. Well, he got stranded in Toronto at Pearson. And this seems like such a first world problem to me. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> rant. And because he's like, yeah, I got stuck in this stupid airport for 23 hours and everybody made a big deal of it. It's just like, that's what you want to go with after yeah. what's going on in the Ukraine, what's going on around the world. This is what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they get a lot, they get a lot of flack online for, for things and like, and it's, yeah, I guess it's things like that probably doesn't, doesn't help them too much. Right. But yeah. <laughs> now, I guess the only thing I didn't mention about this series, I'm sure that you probably saw the Connor McDavid video from yesterday. Oh yeah, from yeah, last night was a pretty wild one. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, because this was actually a thread on Twitter. Somebody was tweeting about there was this NHL superstar captain who I guess has what a spreadsheet of all these women. Yeah, 
awesome. Yeah, and nobody knew who, right, nobody knew who it was when they, when they saw the thread, but yeah, maybe now it's, yeah, oh man, that's, could get ugly, right, if that's McDavid. <laughs> you know what, like, Connor McDavid is not a pretty dude at all, but I tell you, you look like a 10 when you're making 12.5. Oh yeah, yeah. He could pull. He could pull anyone when you when you're the best hockey player in the whole in the whole league. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But I, you know what? This whole thing's to me when I was thinking about this. This seems like something right out of like South Park. This seems like a yeah. South Park episode, if anything. Yeah. This. Yeah. It can't be real life, eh? What did you think of the video? Like, do you think like like do you think that was cashed in in front of them or like because that what you did you think the exact cash in was there? Yeah, honestly, it's one of those things. You look at him, and there's yeah. no way he's sober. He's he's screwed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's totally gone. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and like, look, like some people are wondering. Uh, yeah, yeah. And some people are wondering, like, do you, was it like was it perhaps an old video, or do you think that was like literally just from yesterday? That's very interesting. I don't know because honestly, yeah, I don't... It doesn't look any different. It doesn't look any different than what he did. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was. I was yeah i was joking with my friends like the thing is like mcdavid always looks the same so you can't even tell like, whether it's old or new but yeah yeah no it's interesting i'm not sure whether this is an old or a new video but you know what if this is a new video ooh, i tell you he's gonna have an ugly, yeah. ugly off season yeah because, you yeah. know when you're making 12.5 and your girlfriend is like this like i don't know interior designer where the hell she is it's just like, yeah if he was married, he would be completely screwed, right? Oh now. yeah, he loses all. He loses all like half of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, easy. easy. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think he's gonna like? Do you think she's gonna break up with them? Like or like? You know, it's very hard to say. It's very yeah, hard and it's hard to say. But, yeah. You know the way that it looked in that video, it very much incriminates them, but it's very much yeah. A, okay, what's the backstory behind this? Because again, yeah. Media, and I know Brett Wallace has talked about this in the past, is that you could edit video to the end of time to make it look like anything mm-hmm. you want. So you never know, mm-hmm. right? This, they, they could be friends. You don't know what's going on. So it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. So we're going to have to wait mm-hmm. and see about that. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, the look, the, the, look of horror, the look of horror on his face and the person called it, hey, Connor. And then he, and then he saw him. It was like, oh, shit. But yeah. Yeah. Deer in a headlight. Yeah. Total deer in a yeah. headlight. Look, man. It was. Yeah. And honestly, like, even if the video is from a couple of years ago, like, I mean, he was probably, he was already with, like, he was already with Lauren a couple of years ago too, right? So, like, even that wouldn't, that, that probably still wouldn't make things too much better for him, right? No, I think that they've been together since, like, high school or something, him and his girlfriend. Yeah, oh, yeah, at least, yeah, like, like I feel like we've known him forever since he got drafted. So, like, unless it's from, like, way, way long ago, like, either way, he's, either way, he's in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to be in big trouble for sure. Yeah, yeah. So let's move our attention over to the Eastern Conference. The number four seeded New York Rangers versus the number five seeded Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the first playoff series between each other since 2015. Tim and I both had Tampa Bay in seven. Who did you have in this series? I think I had Tampa in five, actually. Yeah, just the way they got past Florida so easily and stuff. And like with the Rangers having to go through game sevens in round one and two. Yeah, I think I had Tampa and Tampa in five. Yeah. Now, of course, both of us were wrong on this because it was Tampa Bay and mm-hmm. six. But I got to tell you, mm-hmm. one thing I really noticed what, watching the first two games is Andre Vasilevsky looked beatable. Mm-hmm. 
that's nothing. That's not what you could tell him about the first two rounds where he dragged that team kicking and screaming through Toronto and sweeping Florida. And now you look at him and you're like, oh no, Tampa's in serious trouble after two games. Uh, yeah, no, same. Like the first two games of the series definitely took like caught, caught me off guard. Like obviously the Rangers had home ice advantage and they had to take advantage of those two games and good for them that they did. But yeah, like I thought, like I thought Tampa would win maybe game one and like Rangers would maybe win game two just to kind of keep it that way. But yeah, like the Rangers came out, came out firing and then, and yeah, like they, like, yeah, like they, they held serve, I guess, winning their, their first two, first two at home there. And yeah, you're right. Like Vasi, the Vasilevsky looked, looked beatable and like, and Shesterkin was the one who looked like, like he looked, looked, he looked like prime Vasilevsky there. And like, I don't know if you caught like the, towards the end of game one, the Rangers fans are telling him like, Igor is better, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty surprising. 100%. And, you know, you got to give it to Andre because this is a guy who, again, think of all the playoff hockey he's played over the last two years and came back big time in game three and they came back to win it in six games. But I do want to switch our attention over to Igor Shisikin, or Igor Shesterkin, sorry, because the guy yeah, was yeah, hard one. <laughs> it is very, and you know what's funny? All the listeners of Third Up Puck will know I'm. I have a very tough time pronouncing words. You would think that English would be my first language. Apparently not, but I'm that guy's name and I'm just like, Sesterkin. It's a hard one to say. I actually had to like hyphenate it just so I can know what the hell I'm saying. But kudos to this guy because he looked fantastic throughout this series and playoffs. Didn't post a blow 9-3-0 save percentage of these Crawford's finals. I mean, what can you really say, man? Like, he did his part. It's just that the team's firepower came up empty. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, like, they, like yeah, for game one and two, they were great. And then, yeah, you're right. Like, all the, their big guns just kind of went silent the rest of it, the rest of the way. Hey, like, Criders, Abinajad, Panarin, Adam Fox, they have so, so much high-end talent. They just couldn't just couldn't be a Vassy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But you know what, though? The Rangers made huge strides in the rebuild this year. And if you, if, for listeners, if they go back mm-hmm. and listen to some of the episodes, like I praised the Jacob Truba trade. I thought that was a good one. Adam Fox becoming a superstar is huge <laughs> for the Rangers. Panarin hitting 95 points again was huge. Chesterkin, like I mentioned, Sabinajad hitting a career high this year. There's nowhere but up for this Rangers team, man. Like, and this team is young and they're good. Yeah. 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 I completely agree there. They've got, they've got such a bright future. Cause like, cause if you look at even guys like, like Lafreniere and Kako, like, like they haven't even really have fully hit their prime yet. Right. Like once those guys get going and then like the rest of the guys, like none of the guys are super, super old either. So like, it's just Sturkin still young. Like, yeah, they, they could be a powerhouse for, for years to come here. And Philip, che- Philip Cheadle kind of had a bit of a breakout playoffs too, wouldn't you say? <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I do want to ask about Lafreniere and Capo Kakam because what is your honest opinion on these guys? Because it's just, I've watched them a couple of times that I'm not really sold. I'm not sure maybe it's because yeah. they've got rushed to the NHL or something's not connecting with me. I don't know. I mean, what is going on with those two in New York? Yeah, that's a good, that's a tough one. Um, I think, I think Lafreniere is definitely ahead of Kako, I, I'd say. I think for both of them, it's, they're sort of in a situation where like they kind of went to too good of a team. Like, like, you know, if they went to like, if they went to like, like an Ottawa or Montreal or Buffalo or something like that, Arizona, like they'd like, like top line minutes and like top power play chances and things like that. Right. Like, and if maybe if they're the ones that are like, they're carrying a team, they'd, they'd put up like 50, 60 points in a season by now, things like that. I think with the Rangers, like they've got so much, like so much stars already. Right. With with Kreider and everyone there. And so that's why they're, they're sort of in, 
like a small lesser role. Um, but I think Lafreniere, I think, got better as the year went. Like I think he's, I think he's, I think he's going to take a huge step forward next year. I think he probably gets top six minutes all year. It should be, should be great. Kako, I don't know because I mean, I'm sure you saw the whole thing with him getting scratched and that whole thing for game, for game six, right? But yeah, well, here's yeah, I think question, or, yeah. If you're Pierre yeah. Dorian, do you try and make a trade for Capo Kako next year? Um, I, I'd certainly try. Like, I think that's a good. I think that for I think like Ottawa, it's a good gamble. I mean, it depends. What do you think? What do you think they'd want? for him that's the thing and i think it's going to matter of what new york's asking price is but again he really hasn't done much in the at the nhl level so Mm -hmm. you never his trade value could be a little bit lower but he's still very high-end talent and even for somebody like lafreniere i think for me is that i watched lafreniere and i'm like yeah okay he's all right he's not fully developing nhl but i think it's only made worse when you see Stutzluck come out of nowhere yeah. and looks amazing yeah. out of the gate. It's just like, oh. And and Raymond and Lucas Raymond too, right? The two of them had such great years this year. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like I think if, if I was to do if I was to do a redraft of just that top four, I'd probably go like I probably I I'd, I'd still go with Stutzel first. Just he's our guy. I gotta go. Gotta go with Stutzel first. I'd say Raymond Raymond two, and then probably Lafreniere three by field four. What do you think? Something like that. That's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. I think early predictions, but you know what though, is that I think it's, like I said, it's a very early predictions thing because Lafreniere could come into next year playing top six minutes and break out big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah, he definitely could. And then yeah, even some of the later guys in that draft too, I think like Anton Lundell went like 12th or something. He had a really good year for Florida. Obviously Sanderson went fifth. We, we love him, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of talent there. Now, the final note I want to make on this series, before we give our predictions for the Stanley Cup final, I'm sure you probably saw the clip of late night talk show host Jimmy Fallon. He was at one of the games in New York. Oh, he dipped, yeah. the beer, dipped his hot dog in the beer and decided to go nuts. I'm going to say right now, that's the reason why they lost. Is it the Fallon curse? Is that yeah. Can we call it that? The Fallon curse. <laughs> well, actually, let me ask you this. Yeah, let, let me ask you this. What do you think? What do you think of the whole dipping dip the hot dog in the beer? Are you a fan or not a fan? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, same. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, beer is a good drink, not a good dip. <laughs> it's just you think of all the alcohol being soaked up by the bun. Ugh. No. Ugh. Yeah, and it's like dripping. It's like dripping as he's trying to as he's trying to eat it too. But yeah, I know. I'm very curious. What kind of beer do you think Jimmy Fallon drinks? I imagine it's like a like a light beer. Yeah, he seems. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. He seems more of a light light lighter guy. Yeah. <laughs> what about some of the other celebrities? What about some of the other celebrities that were there? There was like like uh, John McEnroe was there. Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, I think, was there. Who who else? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who would have been there? Uh, I don't know. Was Margot Robbie there? She seems like she's a big Rangers fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. She definitely seems like a two fit, like a double fister. She seems like she's oh, yeah. crushing two beers at once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She can take balance, but yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to turn our attention to the Stanley Cup Final, and you know, Sean, it's really interesting when you look back on this season, given all of the stories. All the headlines this, the NHL made, ranging from some of the deaths that we had, and of course with the whole thing of Chicago, it's amazing we got to this point. 
And I got oh, it. We're yeah. talking about right now. The number one seeded Colorado Avalanche versus the number five seeded Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the first playoff series between the two teams. Colorado making the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 2001. And Tampa Bay making it for the third straight year. Now, Sean, given that you are my guest on the show, who do you have in the series? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay is gonna win. They're gonna repeat, and I'm gonna say it'll be a six-game series. So, and I guess which means that they, which means they'll clinch it at home, right? Because Colorado has home ice advantage. So yeah, Tampa Bay will clinch it at home in Game Six. What about you? What do you got? Tampa, Tampa and six. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa and six just seems like a very logical thing, and I think for me, it honestly yeah, yeah. just comes down to Tampa Bay's goaltending. That's what it comes down to because I think both teams are pretty, pretty well matched in this Stanley Cup final. But for me, it's just going to come down to the goaltending. And when I think about the Stanley Cup finals, I honestly really want Colorado to win. But like I said, losing Cadre, yeah. Tampa Bay having stronger goaltending makes me is making me choose Tampa Bay. But regardless of who wins, this is going to be an amazing final because you got Tampa Bay who can become immortalized with the first three peats since the '80s. And then you got Colorado, who after years, after year, after year of falling flat on their face, they're four wins away from the cup. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, both great teams. I think I'm with you there, too. I think I, I want to see Avalanche win as well. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't dislike Tampa, but it's like, like the whole three-peat thing. It's, it'd be nice to see, like, a different team win, right? And you're right, like, the Avs have been, snake, been in the playoffs for so, so long. They feel like it's kind of their their year, right? Yeah. Very much so. And I know people have even talked about Tampa Bay. If they win a three-peat, obviously they're going to be up with the highest of the highs of teams. There's an argument. Tampa Bay wins a three-peat. They're even better than the 80s Islanders. Because how many... Yeah, and then- Think of it. Gretzky never won a three. Mario didn't do it. The 90s Red Wings didn't do it. The 2010 Blackhawks didn't do it. None of yeah. these teams have done it. These guys are yeah, far away from that. Yeah, that's a great point. And obviously, and then I think like um, the 80s Islanders won four in a row, right? Yeah. yeah, but I guess that was without, that was a pre-salary cap era. So it's even, so it's even harder to do with the Lightning are doing now, hey? Uh, and then I guess the other thing, and then the other thing I was thinking about too is like, if Lightning went three in a row, like, do you think the entire core becomes like a, like a lock for the Hall of Fame? So like, like Stamkos, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, point, like point, do you think they all become pretty much guaranteed? Point I don't know about. I think the other guys yeah. you mentioned, I think do. Because yeah. not only Stamkos is, because he has 60 points, or sorry, 60 goals. Yeah. In the Olympics, three straight cups, captain of this team, Kucherov, Hedman, all these guys. That immortalized him, but that's a lock for the Hall of Fame now. And you know what? This becomes the gold standard of how you build a team. <laughs> because you know what? For years, it was the 2010 Blackhawks. And then the whole Kyle Beach thing happened, and now it's like, oh, yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about them anymore. It's it the twenty twenty. Yeah, t- t- tainted. Yeah, yeah. The Blackhawks are definitely tainted. And then, yeah, we are, we don't like. Obviously, it's a sense podcast, so we don't like to talk about the the sixteen and seventeen Penguins, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those. Yeah, no. No love for those guys. And then, 100%. yeah, the Kings were okay. Yeah, the Kings. The Kings, I guess, were okay as well, but. They weren't as dominant, right? As like the few. Yeah. No, they were very well built. They were a well built team mm-hmm. for that era. But for me, I would agree with the whole Tampa Bay being a better dynasty than the Islanders in the 80s. 
because mm-hmm. of just the salary, the hard cap that you've put into the NHL. And I think that's one of the big things for me is, and this is why like, I don't agree with the soft cap in the NBA is that you have a soft cap, you can pay a luxury tax. Now you just load your team up the stars. So it basically, you become the NHL of the eighties where you have your two or three or four teams that dominate and everybody else. Oh yeah, same. I'm, I'm very, I'm very much against uh, like a soft cap as well. I feel like like teams like the Leafs would just go crazy with it, right? Because like they've got like their ownership can cover whatever luxury tax they need, they need to cover, right? They'll just get all the all the top players. And, like yeah, like teams like the Sens, it's already it's already hard enough as it is for for teams like the Sens and like Coyotes and stuff. But yeah, we'd be we'd be toast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look at baseball. Baseball's the same way where you have your main five teams that have what. Mm-hmm nine figure payrolls and then you've got teams like the kansas city royals who just sort of are there they can maybe win a world title every now and then kind of yeah yeah like yeah like yeah like the royals yeah i guess they had their one in like 2015 or something right but you're right that's it was probably way more way more difficult for them to do it than like the dodgers winning a couple years ago right for sure well or even the yankees of the late 90s who just threw all kinds of money at everybody and then says, let's go win championships. Yeah, with A-Rod, Jeter, all those guys, yeah. <laughs> now, the one comment I actually didn't make about Colorado, and I couldn't find any evidence to disprove this, if the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup, it'll be the first time in the big four American sports one owner wins championships in two different leagues in the same year. With oh, because Cronky with the Rams, Cronky with the Rams, right? Yeah. Cronky with LA and Cronky owns the Avalanche. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Has that, that has that literally literally never happened before? Like an owner. I couldn't find any evidence. I couldn't find anything that disproves it. Yeah. And I guess especially when it's two different. I think it's I think it's neat too that it's two different cities, right? Like like one team in one team in LA and one one team in Denver. Yeah. But even if Tampa Bay wins a three P, I think and somebody in the comments can mention this. I think if I'm not mistaken, it would be the first three-peat in the big four sports since the Yankees of the late 90s. Wow. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Because I was yeah. thinking, trying to think, because I don't think Golden State did it. I yeah. don't think San Antonio did it. The Lakers, maybe the Lakers. The Lakers might be the exception of the 2000s. But. Early to the early 2000s Lakers. Yeah, because yeah. I know, the, I think the, the Warriors would have done like three and four. Like they would have had like, like, yeah, like three out of four. And then same thing for the Patriots because they won in like, Oh, one, oh, three, and oh, four. But yeah, never, never three in a row for either of those. But regardless, we're yeah. going to get an amazing Stanley yeah. Cup finals that's going to have some great stories coming out of it. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it, man. What can I say? Yeah, same. And I think one thing I was going to touch on too, like, I think one thing I like about this Cup finals is like it's two, like, two super well built and two very well managed sort of teams, right? Like, it's like these are like the gold standard for what you want your team to, to, to do, right? To build, te- like, build the next Tampa or build the next Colorado. I think I kind of like that. Like, what do you think? Like, like I guess, like, I guess we'll ask you is like, would you prefer like a Cinderella team making the final or are you happy that it's like two juggernauts like this? I think it's two juggernauts because you have two mm-hmm. different teams who have the same trajectory to this point. If you really think about it, because Tampa, remember Tampa Bay had 62 wins, they got swept. Colorado had all kinds of playoff failures. Both of them had to get to that point. Just like the 96 Red Wings, 62 games, they lose the Western Conference Finals, and then they become a dynasty afterwards. Right. Yeah, like you got to be, yeah, exactly. Like you got to be battle tested in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. 
like that's why I feel I feel like that's why teams like Florida like didn't do as well this year because like this is sort of like they've only Florida's only started being good like the past couple years right so that's why like this year they I guess like and the same well yeah like they weren't really like they they haven't maybe next year if they make the playoffs again they'll be a little bit better better like built for it and same thing for the Leafs they just can't get out of their own way <laughs> oh so it makes me happy what can I say yeah, oh yeah so happy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no, no sympathy there <laughs> God, the only thing that could be sweeter and knock on wood if say the Sens get into the playoffs because boston's imploding right now if ottawa makes the playoffs yeah. they go against toronto and take them out as well that could have been the cherry on yeah, top. and everybody could beat them <laughs> and then ottawa does it as well yeah and then that and then that'll be doubly nice because it, it would be like exercising some of the sense demons from like the early 2000s as well right losing mm-hmm. to all those series that'd be a great way great way for us to yeah us, great, great way for us to get over the hurdle and for them to still be stuck in first round purgatory <laughs> oh so good so good so <laughs> sean i don't have any more comments to make on this episode if you want to head for the close for this evening Sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't have too much more either. I guess. I guess I, I was gonna ask. Look, well, I guess. Um, what do you think of the Sens' chances next year? Like we kind of talked about a little bit. Like, what do you think of? Do you think the Sens can make the playoffs? Sens. So Sens are next season. I think it's gonna be very interesting because again, I mentioned the Bruins imploding, and of course, mm-hmm. firing of Bruce Cassidy. I think it's gonna come down to two things. Of course, the Bruins are already in place because their top line is gonna be done for the year next year. Yeah. And they just have so many. And McAvoy, I think, has gone for the first couple of months. Yeah. Black cannot start next season the way we did the last two years. We have to get hot. We oh. have to pile through everybody and get to a point where Boston can't catch us. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. These slow starts in the first couple of months are definitely definitely an issue that, that can't happen. Do you think any other teams fall off? I think I think the Penguins, because like Malkin and Latang are both UFAs, right? So I think, do you think they take a step back? It's going to be interesting. I think for me, I think the Penguins, because they're going to lose Malkin in the offseason, and then mm-hmm. his offseason is going to be interesting because think of it. Goudreau is potentially going to be on the market. Malkin's mm-hmm. going to be potentially on the market. Jack Campbell's going to be on the market. There's a lot of names on the market. And then it's yeah, Philip, Fors- <laughs> Philip Forsberg, Kadri. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting for me. And I think it's just, I think another team, and I, I know it's going to sound crazy. I think Tampa does it next year. Given if they like, win a three-peat, think of all the playoff hockey they've had. Where does this? Oh, yeah. Stop? Yeah. Yeah. I was, that's what I was sort of thinking. Like, even that's why this year, I didn't really think the Lightning would win the cup this year, just because I thought, like, that's that's so much hockey that they've played in such a short amount of time. Like, I thought they'd kind of wear out, but it looks like they still have a little bit left. But yeah, you're right. Next, who knows what they still have next year? And it's going to be hard to pay some of these guys too, right? I don't know who they, I don't know who they still have to pay as our phase, but. It just becomes harder and harder every year to retain their the top talent. I think it's mm. I think Braden Point, I think, is the big one, either him or Palad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Palad's gone for sure. He's a UFA. And then yeah, I can't I think I think they've already yeah, I can't remember. I think points already under contract, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't have the stats written for me. Yeah, I I feel Tampa. Yeah, same. <laughs> especially if you're watching these playoffs, they're just so out of gas. It's not even third. It's like watching the 98 Bulls. They're just running on fumes. And eventually... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like their last their last kick at the can with, with those legendary players. But, yeah, yeah. Maybe this is their la- version of the last dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way better than Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams' last dance, right? <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> I know, I know. You want to get the, your shot into the Packers. I got it. I love it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I had, had to do it, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording it for, well, I guess in this episode, Sean and I really appreciate you listening. You can find us on Twitter at Third Line Plug or Twitter handle. Tim is at MNNNBadger and Mike Rightway Gipster, GR8, WYTE Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about the Eastern or Western Conference Finals or our predictions on the Stanley Cup Finals, shoot me all thoroughfloodsuscast at gmail.com. Now, of course, before we close off this episode, Sean, now, of course, everybody on Twitter can find you at Dorian Must Go. So I'm going to let you have the final word to close out today's episode. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, you can follow me at Dorian Must Go. Um, thank you so much to Taylor for having me on the podcast. It was a it was a great, uh, great time. And yeah, uh, go Sens go. <laughs>